Welcome to another episode of Modern Day Missionaries. Today, Rob Parker is with us again for part two. So if you're tuning in right now to part two, make sure to put pause on this. Go back and listen to part one before you hear part two. Some outstanding things he shared on a biblical mindset regarding raising funds, partnership. It was so good. And if you've never heard of Rob, he is the author of the Fully Funded Missionary and the Fully Funded Missionary Training Manual. You also can find his training online at thefullyfundedmissionary.com. Rob has been training people all over the world for years on this subject and has helped people raise more than $70 million for projects and nonprofit salaries. And he himself has been raising funds for years. So he gets what he is talking about. And in our last interview, Rob, you touched on without the right mindset, you won't be able to fundraise or better said, build a partner team. So listen to that first episode. Mm -hmm. But we'd love to today for part two, build on the foundation of what you shared in that first one and get into some of the nitty gritty of how to build a partner team of uh, how to take the freedom that we were talking about in part one mm -hmm. into our support raising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. It's um, it's so critical to get our mind renewed, um, and, and I think the reason the reason is 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 behavior follows belief. Whatever yeah. whatever we believe, that's how we're going to act, and that's what we're going to do. And if we have that cultural mindset where money's shameful and you have no right to talk to me, and now our behavior is going to be a little apologetic and we're going to be reluctant. But if we get that biblical mindset, when we get our minds renewed, you know, we get full of the word. We actually know what the scriptures say and we get yeah. that biblical mindset. Then we have a biblical behavior. And so our behavior becomes much more full of life, integrity, humility. And, and as Gore and Cinder work together, this, uh, this really beautiful aroma ascends to the Lord. But once we make that mindset, that mindset comes out in the way that we communicate. It comes out in our letters. It comes through in our one-on-one -on -one conversations when we're raising support, yeah. when we're writing a thank you and we're expressing gratitude. It's coming for, from more of a biblical partnership mindset than that fundraising one. And so now we don't have to worry about sounding too over the top when we apologize or not enough. We can just, as brothers and sisters, we can just express real gratitude. And yes. uh, yeah, well, I think one of the areas, once you make the mindset shift and you get your mind renewed, one of the areas that shows up the most is in your, in your fundraising when you're in appointments is now you can just share what God's put on your heart. There is nothing to sell. There is no convincing. There is no persuading. There is no pleading. There is no case to build. Mm -hmm. You actually share what God's put on your heart. You basically cast vision for that and its place in the Great Commission, and you invite people to participate. And so at that point, you know, it's so much easier because it's your story. It's your journey. Yeah. It's what God's put in your heart. It's the very thing that got you in ministry in the first place. And when we can share that and make room for other people to join us in it, if their heart's stirred by the Holy Spirit, they'll say yes. Yeah. If their heart's not stirred, then they'll politely decline. And that doesn't have to affect the relationship at all. We're still going to love one another. We're still going to mm -hmm. honor and respect one another. 
but it makes partnership development so much easier because there's this life on your heart and a genuineness and something flowing out of you versus you having to remember your lines and say the right thing yes. and, and saying what you think people want to hear. And so it's, it's, it's really the way to go. It's so much more enjoyable. <laughs> it really is. And I, I like that you're bringing up belief and that really, I think ties into self-awareness. I know for me, I like to pay attention to how I feel when I'm talking to someone on my team. Sometimes I'll even notice my nonverbals. It's interesting if I feel my, my eyebrows kind of squinting together <laughs> or my shoulders kind of going up. That, yeah. That's kind of a almost like a shame, guilt, apology yeah. uh, mindset that's eking out. It's seeping out in my body. And I'm like, no, when I feel confident, my shoulders are down, my eyes are open, I feel excited. I don't feel like my heart is racing a million miles an hour. So for missionaries who are listening, wondering, I don't even know exactly what my mindset is, pay attention to the way your body is when you're speaking with people. Pay attention to the words that you're using in your communication. And we really are gonna talk about that today. We wanna get really practical and dig down into some of how this manifests today. Mm -hmm. and, and in our communication, I think read the things that we're writing. Look at what we're putting out. Are we trying to compete with other missionaries? Are we trying to prove ourselves? Right. What does that what does that look like? How is our communication coming out verbally, non-verbally, in writing? Because it's gonna come out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, I've read so many newsletters that really the underlining tone is the missionaries trying to justify their existence in missions and yes. it's not, and it's not necessary it's and that's not, not inspiring it's that's not, not it doesn't inspire anybody when somebody has no. sounds whiny or like poor me or victim mentality or like i promise i'm good enough right. that really doesn't make you want to give money towards that right not exciting yeah. um a missionary making a vow of poverty basically in partnership hey i promise to spend your money this way that's not good. It's not healthy. It's not the right perspective. And it doesn't, it's not equality. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned something that is, was such a really good point. And it's the issue of confidence. Uh, I've been gathering data on, on our training, on coaching and the effectiveness of the training and really tried to pin down why is one person successful and the other one, not so much. So, and it's, after a lot of years of gathering data, I realize it's the issue of confidence. Yeah. When they sit down and share, are they embarrassed? Are they apologetic? Are they nervous? Are they setting themselves up for rejection and their, their, their pitch is kind of protecting themselves from that hurt? Or do they really believe that God's called them? They care deeply about the assignment. They're going to go do it. And they're just inviting this person to come along. Yeah, that that issue of confidence is is everything. It's the difference yes. between success and failure and confidence comes from clarity. And when we're clear on mm. what the word says, then our hearts liberated to do what the word says. Wow. When we're clear on what God's asked us to do and that we're responding to him and that love filled obedience, then it's easy to talk about our assignments. If we've picked an assignment or we've went someplace that we we feel like well i'll get more sympathy if i work with this group and that wasn't a decision led by the holy spirit then you lack clarity you lack confidence that confidence doesn't come out in the conversation and we're not making a good impression 
givers need confidence in order to be able to give. They do. You're so right. Yeah. Uh, true story. I'll give you one example. Uh, a gentleman called me and he said, hey, I just had a partnership meeting with one of your trainees. And I said, oh, really? How did he do? And he said, well, he did really well until he got down to the point of asking. And he said he just started going in circles, uh, uh, dancing around the issue, but never asking. And this gentleman told me, he said, after five minutes, I interrupted him. And I said, young man, your lack of confidence to ask me is robbing me of the confidence to give. Wow. And I went, wow, there it is. That is yeah. it right there. It, it, in a way, if I can use this term, it's, it's not exactly accurate, but it's a bit of a spiritual turnoff. Yeah. When, you, when you don't have enough confidence in what you're doing, you don't have enough conviction about what you're doing to talk to the body of Christ in an open and honest way and invite them to be a part of it. When there's too much embarrassment and shame, it robs the giver of the confidence that you're a called servant trying to obey, and I'm not convinced that you're going to bear fruit. And so you can't fake that confidence. You no. only get it one way. And that's by getting your mind renewed by the word, talking to the Lord about it, getting your heart delivered, getting your mind delivered from lies and knowing what the what the word really says. Yes, you're so right. People cannot believe in us or our calling until we first have it settled in our own heart. We got to believe in ourselves. We got to believe that God has placed us in the right place at the right time. And even yeah. if this is not a good year and things are not working out, that we know he's placed us there and yeah. we're moving forward. Yeah. You brought up something else, Rob, I think that's so important, and that is communication. We've touched on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who feels that they struggle to communicate? Like, I'm not, I'm not good at writing letters or thank you notes or posting or, or, or whatever, yeah. I'm, but you know, it's fine. I mean, my supporters, they know me. Yeah. Yeah. Two things come to mind. Uh, number one, if you find it difficult, you're not actually sharing your passion. You're talking about ministry. Hmm. Say more about when, that. Um, when, when we talk about things that we love and care about, we don't find it difficult. That is so true. Okay. A, a grandma can talk about her grandkids all day long. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, when a couple's in love, it's not hard to talk about the other person to other people. Yeah. When we care deeply and we're passionate, it's easy to talk about the things we love and care about. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that missionaries aren't passionate. What I'm saying is they're trying to write the wrong letter. They're trying to write the letter yeah. that convinces the person to keep giving or to justify mm -hmm. their existence yeah. or to communicate how hard things are and how much we're going by faith. And surely you'll believe that I'm worthy of your support. Instead, they, they should be writing about the passion of their heart, the fruit that's a result of it, uh, the gratitude that they have being a servant, how they're trying to obey. Uh, those things that they care deeply about, other people are going to care deeply about. When you're excited about them, other people's going to be excited about them. Mm -hmm. When you're encouraged and motivated and inspired, they will be too. And so the letter becomes difficult because we're trying to write the wrong letter. We It becomes hard too because we try to cover too much ground. It's a long laundry list of everything I accomplished this, qu this quarter. And I, I usually choose to limit my topics and talk about them with more depth and more heart and more 
passion and more energy and that letter is easy to write same thing when we sit in a one-on-one meeting if you're passionate about what you do and you let that come out versus saying what you think the person needs you to say so they'll give Mm-hmm. which doesn't work and everybody knows that you're doing it <laughs> yeah and so communication comes much easier when we're communicating something that we're passionate about the other thing is this it's it's just a skill set that goes with the career that we've chosen if we're yes. going to be full-time gospel workers then essentially we are communicators we're sharing the love of christ yeah we're telling people about jesus and so we need to develop some good communication skills. It's part of the job. It, so it shouldn't be avoided. It should be embraced. It should be developed. But if you're communicating your passion, it'll be a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. I love what you're saying there. And I want to pick up on that because you talked about developing skills. And mm-hmm. I'm going to make a generalization. That's not always true. But sometimes it, I've seen it where you see older generations that are phenomenal with in-person conversations, but struggle with more maybe of the newsletter or the written or the social media piece. On mm-hmm. the flip side, you mentioned this in the last episode, younger generation, they can post and write all day, but sometimes they struggle in those face-to-face one-on-one meetings. And again, I'm making generalizations, mm-hmm. but for people who are listening who maybe excel at one and don't excel in the other, how can they develop those skills that you mentioned that are necessary? Yeah, yeah, that's such a great a great question. Um, well, recognizing the problem is 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 a good place to start. Mm-hmm. In other words, previous generations were better at one-on-one communication because that's what we had. Yep. We didn't have texting. We didn't have social media. We didn't have internet. And so we only had one form of communication and it was either like the telephone or a live conversation. That's where we developed our communication skills. Um, and even, you know, previous generations beyond that, writing skills were much better because you know, there was a time period where not every household had a telephone. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it changes. And so now we're in a generation where uh, having a phone conversation isn't completely necessary. And so they're much better at texting. They're much better at social media. Now, better meaning comfortable and quick. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's quality communication. Sure. Okay. And so if we recognize that um, I'm better at live communication because that's my history and that's my background, that's my comfort zone. But if I want an audience, I need to learn how to text. I need to learn how to use some social media. It is mm-hmm. something, a, a tool that I don't have history with, that I need to get more history with to be a better communicator, to be a better servant. And so by recognizing our lack of skill, but also acknowledging that it's a vital tool and that it's a tool that our ministry needs, then I can step up and I can embrace it and say, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to do it. And then when you use that tool, be passionate about what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we all have natural areas in which we excel, but you're Mm -hmm. right, we can't use a lack of skill or lack of ability as an excuse to not do what we need to do. Right. And maybe it's if you're in an older generation getting around a young person and saying, show me how to do a great post that doesn't look cheesy. Yeah. Maybe if you're a younger person that's getting around somebody who's a great communicator and saying, tell me how to have a great conversation. Could I do like a mock 
yeah. conversation with you to see what this feels like. So in terms of some practical takeaways that we're leaving our missionaries with today, maybe that's one of them right there. Find somebody who's good at what you're not good at and learn from them. What might be some other, a few practical takeaways that you'd leave people with today? Yeah, you know, you you brought up a great point. Um, I mean, coaching is what comes to mind. And I do a lot of coaching, teaching missionaries how to grow and their gifts and skills. Mm -hmm. But if a if a young missionary was to partner up with an older missionary and they coached each other and their strengths, it would be it'd be really great. And so um, there's a lot to learn from both generations. Mm-hmm. And it's all part of uh, advancing the Great Commission. And so, you know, I, I've never been nervous about texting or social media or online. I've I've just always seen it as this is where the world is going. This is where my audience is at. Mm-hmm. If I learn how to navigate in this area, then I'm going to have a larger audience and I'm going to be more impactful. Yeah. And so it can be fun. But, uh, and, and I do it. I have young people show me how to operate a camera. I have them show me how to, uh, you know, do a video chat and all of that. And, and I don't mind. And so if you can pair up, that'd be great, you know, yeah. and, and then just go do it. And, and we learn in the doing. Yeah, that's huge. Another thing I really I think that you brought up that's been so important between these two episodes is developing partners versus developing just just supporters or people who yeah. just give. That I think makes such a significant difference to have people who are behind you who believe in what you're doing, who aren't nitpicking and looking over your shoulder all the yeah. time. Obviously, as missionaries, we have a sense of responsibility. We want to use our funds wisely and responsibly. But there are people who who are looking over our shoulder and analyzing everything we do so much to the point where it really feeds into those feelings of guilt and shame versus other people who sure they want to know what you're doing, but they want to know from a place of excitement, from a place of love, from a place of relationship. So moving from simplemente, simplement, I just said Spanish, simplemente. (laughs) I do that sometimes, (laughs) but simply having a, that someone who gives that the units giving units like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. into somebody who you have deep relationship with who cares I, I think that's a really significant shift that people can make as well yeah yeah for sure um i i refer to it as walking in the second great commandment mm-hmm. you know jesus said you know to love god and to love people these are the two greatest commandments and so whether they're a partner or not i want to walk in the second great commandment if they say yes, I want to walk in love. If they say no, I want to walk in love. And so I, I don't want just a financial relationship. I actually want to be brothers and sisters. I actually yeah. want to be the family of God, the way that God intended for his children, you know, his family t- to do. Mm-hmm. So that requires me to reach out and ask how you're doing, to pray for you, to listen well in yeah. conversation to be honest and transparent and clear. And so uh, we do that naturally in the people that are around us and the relationships that we have, but we should have that exact same kind of relationship with our partners. Absolutely. And, and when you do, it's, it's really imparts life. It's an excellent way to move forward in ministry. It really is. And I know probably some of the people who are listening are left going, okay, well, how do I find those people? How do I, how do I make those kinds of relationships? We don't have time to get into it today, but you do have a section on that in your book, the fully funded missionary that really is 
is excellent. And so for people who are wanting to learn a little bit more about the logistics of how to do that, again, pick up a copy of the Fully Funded Missionary or also look into the training that Rob has online. It is excellent and gives you a ton of practical steps that you can take towards building a team of people who get behind you. So we're going to be posting links to all of the resources that were mentioned today. Thank you so much for joining us. Rob, we're so glad that that you were able to come and share some of oh, your wisdom with us today. Thank you. This was so much fun. Um, make sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review, make sure to share this podcast with somebody else, and continue to send your questions to care at modernday.org. We will see you on our next episode.